The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. We haven't had a guest stuck in traffic for a long time, but Elaine Burke is a little bit late for our TV and streaming because she is stuck in traffic. And it just happens to be on the day that Joe O'Shea isn't in Cork, but he's here in studio in Dublin with us. Good to see you again, Joe. It's been a long time since we've seen you in studio. It has. You've been watching The Crown. What I have. Make of it? Um, the first episode, I watched the first episode and um, it's... It looks great. It always looked great. It looks like money on the screen, basically. Um Especially there were those fantastic scenes of Charles and Diana and the family on a, their so-called second honeymoon on an amazing yacht in the uh, uh, along the coast of Italy and by Amalfi, which looked fantastic. Then you have, in contrast, you have the Queen uh, and uh, uh, Prince Philip on the Royal Yacht Britannia, kind of battling through the, the storms off the coast of Scotland as they head up to Balmoral. It's listen. It's 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 the same as it ever was. It hasn't changed. The formula hasn't changed. It's it's it seems much closer to us now. Although you got to remember, it's the early nineties, and so that's that's a long time. Thirty ago. years ago. Thirty years ago. And but it seems like only yesterday. I suppose if, if you're you know, depending on what age you yeah, are. Yeah, depending on what age you are, of course. Elizabeth Debicki and Dominic West are really good as Charles and Della. Elizabeth, Hang on, does Dominic West look anything like? He doesn't Prince look. At, he doesn't look a thing like him. But what I really like about Dominic West's performance is he doesn't. He doesn't do a, a, an impersonation, which would have been easy to do a Charles impersonation. What he does do is he's got that kind of sense of cold aloofness, kind of selfishness. You can, you know, I think he's he's got the character of what we know of Prince Charles. And of course, there's lots of controversy about what's right and what's wrong and what's true and what isn't about this. Um, it was interesting as well that the this is the first time that Netflix have ever, uh, you know, joined the official rating systems, right? So for the first day on Wednesday, when the first episode of The Crown dropped, they got 1.1 million viewers in the UK, which doesn't sound a lot when I'm a Celebrity got 7.9 million. But that's the people watching on TVs. I, did, I, I, I won't watch The Crown on TV. I, I watch it on my laptop, you know, when I get a bit of time in bed or something like that. And I think a lot of people will watch it on mobile devices or, or, or watch And I suppose the thing as well is if you miss an episode of yeah. I'm a Celebrity, you've missed the episode. Yes. Whereas you know you can start. Yeah. I haven't even started it yet. Yeah. I've enjoyed the previous series. Yeah. I'll wait and we'll sit down at some stage this yeah. week and start into it. Exactly. There's no urgency about it. No, there isn't. And people, I'll watch, normally I'd watch two or three episodes at the one time with my other half, although she got bored of waiting for me to start this one. One other thing, they, 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 they worked out that 100 people in the UK watched all 10 episodes on the same day. So oh, that's too much. That's incredible. Ten hours. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit of uh, one of the episodes. And this is where Imelda Staunton is now Queen Elizabeth. And she's asking her Prime Minister, John Major, played by Johnny Lee Miller, for reassurance that the government will find the refurbishment money for the Royal Yacht Britannia. There has always been a Royal Yacht going all the way back to King Charles II. She is a central and indispensable part of the way the Crown serves the nation. And the revenue she has generated doing so is incalculable. But we're in the midst of a global recession. Each penny of public spending is closely scrutinised. I worry that the government spending public money on the refurbishment of a, lo- of a yacht might backfire on us both. When I came to the throne... All my palaces were inherited. Windsor, Balmoral, Sandringham. They all bear the stamp of my predecessors. Only Britannia have I truly been able to make my own. 
Perhaps for that reason, the connection between me and the yacht is very much deeper than a mode of transport or even a home. From the design of the hull to the smallest piece of china, she is a floating, seagoing expression of me. I hope we can agree that as sovereign, I have made very few requests, let alone demands in return for the service I have given this country. Perhaps the reason I've held back is in the hope that when I actually do, people don't just take it seriously. They do as I ask, without question. What's Amelda Staunton like in the role? She's very good. She's very good. But I think that clip we just heard can illustrate a part of the problem. The first episode, the main drama was around whether they're going to refit the Royal Yacht or not. You know, and I mean, that's that is not exactly, you know, every edge of your seat stuff. But people love this series. It's uh, season five uh, and people are going to stick with it. And I can see why. And then Burke has joined us, editor of Silicon Republic. Good to see you. Let's talk, both of you, about budget cuts at RT because reports of the weekend suggesting that we knew that Ultimate Hell Week was going despite the fact that it has been a tremendous success. Uh, We've heard that Dancing with the Stars in January and February is going to be the last one of the series. Now there's strong rumours that Ireland's fittest family is about to be axed. Presumably because they cost too much to make. Outdoor broadcasts will not be Dancing with the Stars. But if RT isn't doing this sort of stuff, Elaine, what's the point of RTE? I know. Who else is going to pick up that banner? That's the big question there. And inevitably, when you hear stories like this, where it's saying it's because of the budget, then people are going to be asking about wages at RTE and maybe that should be cut instead of these kind of programmes that people are really enjoying. What do you think, Joe? They haven't. RTE has not had a licence fee increase since 2008. Now, a lot of, and uh, ask people about the licence fee, and they'll get very excited about things. But if you haven't, if you haven't increased it since 2008, you cannot expect RTE realistically to make these very expensive shows. So we're, it's down to a choice now for the government, for for TV viewers, for for people around. Do we want to? fund public service broadcasting because what RTE does with these shows is gets huge audience, family audiences and nobody else is going to do it. So do we want to keep seeing these sort of shows? If we do, there's going to have to be some sort of a cre- increase and there's also going to have to be cutbacks, of course, in areas where they can afford to cut some, trim some fat. It's a fair point, Elaine, when you consider Netflix has put up its prices how many times in recent years. Apple TV is now more expensive and when you actually look at the percentage increase that Apple TV is putting up, it's way ahead of the rate of inflation and these are organisations with massive budgets to be able to deal with things. So RT, does RT need more money from the state to be able to give us the type of local broadcasting that nobody else will make. Yeah, well, it is like the 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 cost of the TV license is probably something that they're going to look at, and also the collection of the TV license. That's something that they've debated for a long time, saying that they're not doing a good job at actually getting all of the people that are due to pay the TV license to actually pay it. There was even talk of, talk of like a broadcasting license that you didn't have to have a TV to broaden the scope of it, and they are going to have to look at something like that. I'm sure if they want to pay for these shows, but they're just going to get pushback from people. And I'm not saying this is right, but inevitably you're going to get an audience of people who are going to say, well, why then are we finding out that some people in RT are getting paid tremendous wages for shows that people maybe aren't as keen to watch as your fittest family or your ultimate hell week or your strictly come, your dancing with the stars. Sorry, not the BBC version. Listener says, Ireland's fittest families, dancing with the stars, are the only shows me and my friends watch on RT because they're really good quality family shows. Yes. 
No, and listen, Apple are not going to make those shows. You know, Netflix, they don't care about Ireland's fittest family and they really don't care about Irish audiences or, or giving specific, uh, you know, content to Irish audiences. So it's, it, the question is now, do we want to continue having these shows? And I think the answer from a lot of Irish people is going to be yes. Because if you don't have these shows... Yeah. What's RT going to be left doing? News and current affairs, yeah. studio-based chat shows and sports. Yeah. And even with the sports, and we know that how long are they going to... You know, it's so difficult for RT to compete on, on the sports as well. So, yeah, you're really talking about, you know, having not much left. And, and it, it would be a shame if those sort of shows go, because like your listener just said, these are shows that enjoyed by families every weekend in, in Ireland, across Ireland, and they're shows that we all tune into. Of course, the listener here says, and Lane, this is a regular one, you have a choice to pay for Netflix or not. You don't have a choice in relation to the RT licence fee. And this is what's going to come up. Anytime you're going to have any conversation about the licence fee, you're going to get pushback. This is inevitable. So they're dancing around this with their Dancing with the Stars cuts. Um, But it's going to be a conversation that's going to have to be had and it's going to be held very publicly and it's going to have a lot of heated opinions I'd say A listener from the north says I pay a TV licence and there are no ads you pay a licence and watch ads and they still have no money I also get to watch RT for free from the north Ah, (laughs) Listen we know where advertising revenue could possibly go in the the coming year or so as well you know it's in in recession it's one of the first things to go so there are tough tough times ahead for for the whole broadcasting sector but definitely for RT as well And the comparisons with BBC are just totally unfair It's just such a larger market when you compare it to Ireland. I think people want RT to be like BBC, but at Irish levels of income, which is not not comparable. Of course, something that we've spoken about, Elaine, on the programme previously that Apple has done, set in Ireland, Bad Sisters, and we enjoyed it enormously. But a lot of people I know are just baffled by the idea that it's been renewed for a second season because this is not a spoiler alert because it starts from season (laughs) one. The central character is killed off and it's a whodunit. How can you have a season two about sisters? I don't understand either. I'm very, very <laughs> curious to see how this pans out. And as far as I've seen from the article that I read, Cleese Bang, who plays the dead guy, is back for this season. So are we just going to have a whole lot of evil flashbacks? T- evil twin brother. Oh, uh, I evil like, oh, twin I like brother. That story That's your line. Or, or else he comes out of the shower <laughs> and says, Joe, you don't look a bit like him yourself, actually. <laughs> well, I can now exclusively reveal I've been signed up for season two. The stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> but is there some times, okay, it was a rip roaring success, yeah. not just in Ireland, but internationally. Mm. So you can understand why perhaps financially there's Mm. a motivation to actually try and do a second series. But are some things actually just good enough that they should be left alone? That's brilliant. Sharon Mm -hmm. Horgan, the director of Dervla Walsh, they've all done a brilliant job Mm. in this. But how can you do it again? Yeah, But if you're Sharon Horgan and you've had this international hit, wouldn't you want to go back? You don't want to kind of reinvent the wheel. It's a lot of work. And having those hits, they come along once or twice in a career, if you're lucky. So it's no wonder they want to go back and do it again. Okay, I'm a celebrity to get me out of here and Matt Hancock. Uh, is it succeeding for him, do you think, in actually rehabilitating his public image in the UK? Oh yeah, the Matt Hancock torture error is what the show's become now. But uh, it's a funny one. It seems like people in the camp are somewhat softening on him. He's delivering on challenges and bringing them food, so you can see why. But I just don't see the audiences. The audiences are still voting him to do every challenge and that there's an element of we want to see this man suffer going on there. But then they vote him leader of the camp. So I don't know. UK people just love voting Tory, it seems like, no matter what. <laughs> 
But still, I mean, this is a guy who has serious questions to answer in relation to PPE contracts that were awarded yeah. under his watch. And there seems to be potentially a major scandal for misallocation of funds. And yet here is, you know, we talk about sports washing, his reputation yeah. laundering for I'm a celebrity. Yeah, and it does, it feels like ITV are complicit in this because it, obviously he's driving their ratings. And, you know, it does feel like ITV and he's using it and it seems all very cynical. He is obviously going all out, you know, I'm at, I'm here to ask for forgiveness and all of this kind of stuff. It's very calculated on his part. I think the viewers get it. I think that the actual his fellow contestants in the jungle are suffering from Stockholm syndrome syndrome mm-hmm. at this stage because he's the one going and get getting them the food, you know, getting the the stars for the food. So maybe they are softening to him because you kind of have to if you're in the jungle with somebody. But I don't think viewers are buying it at all. How entertaining is it this year? See, this is the problem. It's kind of just become about him in a way, and people audiences are complaining about that, and at the same time voting so that. He he is getting most of the airtime because he's doing all of the challenges. So w- which way is it going to be? And it seems to be that what's happening is he's getting tortured, everyone's getting fed and having an easy ride <laughs> and none of the drama is coming out of it. And is Boy George getting his vegetarian options? Uh, well, he did do an eating challenge. He ate some sort of a toxic-y fruit type thing uh, that looked really, really rotten. Uh, oh, I can't stand those kind of challenges. Um, so he, he is working away and he's been cleaning out the dunny and doing all the work. Um, but, he's, but he is getting paid 400 grand he'd for it. He'd want to do yeah. it, yeah. Or 500 exactly. grand. He's on yeah. more than Hancock's. Yeah, yeah he's at the top earner, I believe. And what about David Williams? He's in the centre of a lot of controversy at the moment for his behaviour on Britain's Got Talent. Yes, a bit of a hot mic issue it seems. So they do uh, film and record the comments the judges have in between um, the acts uh, doing their talent show um, and not all of that makes it to air and I don't think these comments will make it to air because there were some uh, colourful four letter words and some uh, just a really weird long winded conversation about one act um, and and the kind of woman he thought that she was which was just sound weirdly specific and oddly obsessed with this character and it's just I I don't know why a professional who does the show for so long does that knowing that it's all being recorded and has now but had to issue an apology it, for it. Uh, every, t- every TV set in ev- anywhere in the world people make comments like that and part of it is letting off steam because it can be a pressure. Remember Andy Gray and Richard Keyes yeah, who I got know. fired from Sky because yeah, of it? Yeah, it, exactly. I mean, and a lot of the time these, you know, these are very well-paid people they are insulated from consequences a lot of the time. It's, not, it's no surprise to me at all. What's surprising to me is how it got out and it seems like somebody leaked it maybe somebody with an agenda or somebody who didn't like him. But uh, normally it doesn't come out and, not, you know, Normally you never hear about it. Okay, picks of the week. Let's get to these. Elaine, what are you uh, recommending? Well, I have to recommend this because I'm in it. Uh, (laughs) That's fair enough. (laughs) Because it's Science Week. Future Island is back on RTE on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday night. And it's going to be showcasing some great Irish science, some uh, great future science that we can explore and um, things in AI and robotics and things like that. So myself and Dr. Jessamyn Fairfield and Dr. Shane Bergen, I am not a doctor, will be presenting some of the science and technology and Anna Daly will be hosting. OK, very good. And what's your suggestion, Joe? I know Elaine wanted to pick this as well. It's a new drama on Netflix. It's coming on Thursday. It's called 1899. And I love historical dramas. And The North Water recently was one that really got me. This is another one set on a ocean liner going across the Atlantic in 1899, hence the title. It's, uh, it's sister ship had previously gone missing in the middle of the Atlantic. They get a mysterious SOS call and they have to go investigate. It looks amazing. It's a kind of a bilingual German thing, uh, co-production 
watching Europe uh, from the same guys who brought Dark, which I think uh, Elaine loves the as well. The best show on Netflix, hands down, yeah. is Dark. Which I've never seen, so I'm going to watch it now, but it's 1899, it's on Netflix, and it looks chilling, mysterious, brilliant, fantastic. Actually, I've got one minute left for a show that both of you are big fans of, the Great British Bake Off yeah. final. But yes. do you think it's gone past the sell-by date? This season has had very little baking on it, which is a bit of a pain. People getting sent home for bad guacamole or bad spring rolls, yeah. which is insanity. But the cast are lovely. I'd want any one of these people to win. They're all fantastic, but really Sandro. <laughs> it's, it, look, it's, it does feel like it's sort of losing its way. It lost its morals or running out of steam or gone stale, however you want to, we want to say it. It's, I'm, I, I'm not sure. You'll come back for one more because it's a big money spinner, but I can't say it going on for much longer. We'll leave it there. Thank you very much to both of you. Joe O'Shea and Elaine Burke, editor of Silicon Republic for our weekly TV and streaming spot. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.